and action. Welcome to another fantastic episode of the Action Podcast. And today we are reviewing the one and only Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Obviously, this was a major release, so no other films were released at the same time. Uh, definitely a lot of, of, of hype, wondering where this is going to fit in overall. Um, but Pete, I'll start with you. Uh, what were your thoughts on this film? Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Um, you know, this is the last installment of this, at least for the foreseeable future of this um, this sort of mini franchise within the largest franchise of all time. James Gunn, the director and writer of this, is also uh, moving on. He's switching teams, going over to the dark side, over to DC after this. So it's almost like a send off for him. I think that this movie was um, at its at, at its core was really funny. I I laughed through the whole thing. I mean, and that that is just a testament to the the writing of this and the characters that have developed not just in these three movies, but in all of the other um, MCU movies that the Guardians um, have been a part of. We we know these characters. We love them. Um, I think in terms of a final movie in a franchise, this is one of the weakest that I've seen. I don't think that this, you know, and I'm I'm coming from somebody who doesn't know anything about the comic book world, about what could be a potential future of, of a Marvel in phases five and six and seven and beyond. Um, but as, as a guardians of the galaxy sort of mini franchise, it, it didn't feel like it contributed anything to a potential future. I mean, I did set up like, okay, you know, Rocket's going to be the leader. Um, spoiler, you know, spoiler. Sorry, and it, it's you know, there's there's there are pieces that you're like, ah, okay, we can do something with that. But I mean, the villain was I didn't care about him at all. I thought it was just it it, it just didn't have any kind of um, real impact on me even though i know that he was attached to rockets um creation and life um i just didn't really feel how that character was important um again without any sort of backstory um i thought the rocket backstory as a part of i I thought that that was a separate movie and everything else kind of going on around it even though you know the the point was to try to save rocket i I don't know It, it felt clunky in a way like it just really yeah. didn't flow from start to finish um i thought the character um his name warlock the adam um yeah adam warlock i thought he was massively underutilized um i, I thought he just kind of showed up and then left and then kind of showed up and then kind of left and then they put him at the very end like oh you're you're part of the team now yeah. um i don't know like Again, hilarious movie. Really, really funny. I just don't know if this was a great send-off to this Guardians regime, really. You know, I, I think they, I don't know, sort of missed the boat a little bit. But it's good. It, I mean, if you're an MCU fan, you're going to love it. And if you love comedy, then you're going to laugh. Did you see it once or twice? I saw it twice. Oh, okay. This is, and I rarely see a movie twice just because I, I saw it the first time and I was like, what did I just see? Like, I, I didn't, because I didn't anticipate that as what I was about to see. And I'm like, I, I got to see it again because I had to have missed something. Maybe I fell asleep in the theater and didn't remember, but 
I didn't. And I didn't miss anything. Like I saw what I saw. Some great moments, some great things. Like somebody told me that they that they even cried in this movie. And I was when I watched it for the second time, I'm like, well, what are you crying about? Like what what is the what is the sad what is the sadness that you know, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I want to watch it again because I, I, I'm not disagree with you at all. Um, I didn't have this is highly rated, first of all, and it's well received. Like a lot of people do love this. So, um, yeah, every, anything I'm about to say is kind of the same thing. I definitely am not saying don't see this or have a negative review on it. I didn't. So the whole movie, I'm trying to figure out how this connects to exactly this storyline that they've created how does this build off of ant-man how does this build off of um wasn't right, we I- just saw ant-man and you you were the one that pointed out to me like the significance of ant-man no no yeah. you don't understand pete like this is the significance of it i didn't get that impression for this one go on sorry yeah so that so the whole time i'm just trying to wait for that moment of where this connects and and i think that distracted me but even still, it's just, I, I guess it's just confusing why this movie came out now, mm-hmm. right after Ant-Man. Like, why didn't you release this before Ant-Man? And then we're not so confused because we don't, if it's supposed to be separate and not really yeah. tie into the universe, I think that's fine. And even promote it that way, too, you know, just so it's like, but I, I don't understand why it came out now. And I think that's that's kind of my, my biggest knock on it is the timing of it because uh again what marvel does so well is the connection of everything and that's what this movie didn't do at all is connect and you know i i agree with you it was funny um it it could have probably been a little bit more enjoyable i like kind of some of this old school sci-fi um you know like with the production design and the you know, definitely felt kind of like an old school sci-fi movie in a way. Um, but again, I, I I I just didn't know what I was watching. And I think it distracted me instead of just enjoying the movie for what it was. But yeah. again, that's also Marvel's fault in terms of because that's what the expectations they set us up. Like we talked about. They really did. Yeah, like we talked about M. Night Shyamalan a couple movies ago, right? Uh, Knock on the Cabin. And... You know, when you have a rep for something and then you don't go for that rep, that can kind of affect your audience a little bit. Uh, so sometimes, yeah. it worked, but it worked for knocking the cabin. I don't think it worked here because it's just like, wait, so well, oh, that's it. Like there's so this really did not connect at all. Again, I think you could have done just Gardens of the Galaxy 3, an origin story or something. I don't know. It just just seemed like you didn't need to make it volume three. Yeah. I, I mean, again, it was it was it just felt rushed it felt uh in terms of like the production of it like let's just get this number three out we got to get it out quick and it's clunky like i said you know i will say that the individual characters by themselves like um you know drax is always great like he's always just so funny um it was great seeing uh nathan fillion in there um from castle and firefly fame um great to see him in a film again and he was very funny as well as the um the head uh security guy yeah the head security guy i I thought mantis was fine you know what i mean i thought groot was cool because you know spoiler fast forward three two one groot says something other than i am groot you know at the end of this movie for the first time like ever 
which was kind of a nice little kind of touch at the end of the film. Um, Nebula, I've never liked her. I don't know. Like she just bothers me. Um, like she should, and I get it, you know, she's been tortured her whole life. So why wouldn't she be always angry? But I don't know. There's just a point where I want her to not just be angry anymore, but that's my own personal thing. I still feel like the individual characters in this film were f- very good. Uh, and I thought they performed very well. I thought that they set up like kind of like what their journeys need to be and they all split up and I get it. But anyways, we can, we can, we can hassle this all day. Yeah. Well, like I said, I think uh, our, our both result is go see it and try and just watch it for, for itself. There's no bigger picture to it. So, uh, right. awesome. well with that, Pete, cause we have a shorter episode today, we're going to do our top five Chris Pratt roles. Uh, mm-hmm just to spice up this episode a little bit. And uh, yeah, we'll do, we'll do our normal five, four, three, two, one each and then go down. So I'll start with you, Pete. Yeah. What, no, why don't you go ahead and start with number five. So I did. I went first on the actual talking of the movie. All right. Sounds good. I did a slash just cause it's two smaller roles. Um, right. Slash them. Cause I like them. I think the movies themselves are better than the Chris Pratt's role in them. But I loved the fact that he did the role in these bigger films, if that makes sense. So I did a slash just to give both the, a nod. But I did Moneyball and I did Zero Dark Thirty. And again, he is he's he's Scott Hatterberg in Moneyball, and in Zero Dark Thirty, he he's one of the Dev Group guys. He's a he's a small um, small. Hmm. He's part of the the in you know excursion team at the end. Um, but again, two small roles, but the movies themselves are fantastic. And I do think he was great in the small amount that he was in. But I want to give a shout out to both those films because they're both excellent films. And two, wow. of, my, two of my favorite films. Yeah. Um, okay. My number five, I put uh, just for the the potential of of this new IP that he's a part of, and I put I put Super Mario Brothers just because I think that there's a huge. I thought I thought that he did so much more than people bashed him for before even seeing anything. I think like they cool. ripped yeah. him. They ripped him apart without even seeing it. And I thought that the, in the box office shows uh, how amazing that, uh, that film is. Yeah. Um, I put that number four. So that's my number. Okay. So that's your number four. Uh, my number four is the, the, in terms of roles is the Jurassic park ones, just because, you know, it's a huge franchise, and I thought he did as good as he could have done, despite the the obvious shortcomings of the films. Yeah, so yeah. that's my number four. I put I put Parks and Rec uh, just because I really loved him as Andy. Um, you know, that's really where most people know him from, and you know, you really got to see obviously his his comedic chops. And, you know, I think that's the role, obviously, that started it all. And, you know, so you got you to mm-hmm. put some rec on there. That's my three. That was your three. My three is Moneyball. Um, even though it was a smaller role, I thought he, he did something that he, I mean, this was one of his earlier roles. Um, I think this was even before Parks and Rec. But, you know, there was a, there was an innocence to him. And I thought that his impact as a, as that character, um, even in the story itself, was significant, and I thought you you went on a journey with him. You you felt the pain of his injuries and the struggle that he had to go through to get to where he got, and then to be the hero at the end was just 
Um, it was a, I love that movie. Moneyball is one of my favorite movies ever. Yeah, sure. uh, he was already in Parks and Rec, but yeah, it's still one. Of oh, he was movies. already there? Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, still a good role. Um, yeah. yeah. My number two is Terminal List. And that's on Amazon if you haven't seen that yet. I haven't seen it. I think I couldn't put it on my list, but yeah. It's, um... Uh, but this is this is kind of like the new age, I think, what he really thrives on, which is kind of that special forces type. Because he, he's, he's, he's a very physical actor. You know what I mean? He's not a small mm-hmm. guy. He's in good shape. But then he looks like, you know, a special forces guy. Plus, at his comedic chops and his acting skills and he's just one of the better like you put him in anything military i'm i'm gonna love it and terminal he'll 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 crush every time for sure yeah and terminalist was and also i think it was one of his better acting roles because this was it's it it, it's a pretty heavy storyline um and if you haven't checked it out yet it's on amazon but it's a great great series uh one that i i just Went through very fast. It was it was very good. Uh, Taylor, yeah, it's, it's, it's in on my ever growing list of stuff. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, number two for me is is the Guardians franchise and that character in you, you can't not have it in your top two. I mean, I'm sure most people have it at number one, but spoiler, yeah. my number one is Parks and Rec because I think that that made him and he's so funny and stupid that i don't think there's a lot of people that could have pulled off that role to that level yeah um, and then after that role you start to see him in all these very serious like like you said like these military films and um and then guardians and stuff like that i just think that it's, it's so it's a lot easier for a com- comedic actor to go into like a dramatic kind of roles but I, I think he's he's a significant player in in today's world and, and he's really really talented and funny and great yeah. actor yeah, my number one, like you mentioned, um, just for the sheer, uh, ro- I mean, he, he's obviously, yeah, the sheer scope of of the roles, Star-Lord, Guardians of the Galaxy, um, for all the reasons that you just said. Um, I, I I think that's what legitimately turned him into an A-lister. He went from being a, a very known actor into an A-list actor, and now, you know, add-on Jurassic Park. And you did. I kept Jurassic Park off just so people are curious. It's because I just think the films I like I enjoy the films. I don't think he's it's just not his best role. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't but think it's he, fine, right? I think like, he adds I, don't get me wrong, I think he adds to the film. Like I'm glad he's in the film, but it's just the roles themselves are just, again, yeah, I just don't think it's his best. So I'm not saying um, yeah, that's making sense. I'm not saying he's bad in it. I'm just saying I think his other roles that I pit are better than that. That's all. Can't argue. Yeah. All right, Pete. Cool, man. Well, that's going to wrap us up here. Um, I think we're, we are going to take a break from the weekly one next week because uh, we don't have any big, big releases. Yeah, there's there's really nothing. I mean, I'm going to see a bunch of these smaller films that have come out. And if there's yeah. something of significance that just really blows my mind, yeah, there's some we'll potential, but there's not a... Hypnotic. Yeah, Hypnotic is the main one with Ben Affleck. Um, if that I'm one curious about Knights of the Zodiac a little bit, a little I don't, bit. I didn't see that. The other one I saw was Fool's Paradise with Charlie Day. Yeah. That one could be very good. So we may end up doing this, uh, but don't. We'll see. It's going to be up in the air whether we don't. One of our heroes has a has a movie Michael J. Fox on uh, Apple Plus oh, yeah, TV coming out. So that's I always like to see him. He's like one of my favorites. So yeah, for sure. 
Uh, but, but we, we got have, X yeah, coming up. That, we have Fast Furious X. So that's the main one. So we're either going to munch all these together into that one. Um, good news, I've already started editing the Home Alone, so that'll be coming out this week. And uh, <laughs> actually, no, I'm editing it right now. And uh, so that one will finally come out. And then, uh, yeah, so we'll get all those other ones on the way. So with that, Pete, that is a cut. Thanks, guys.